Werewolf Hell, <laughs> organ music. <laughs> it's the A to Z Film Podcast. I'm I'm Karina. And this week we're looking at the letter B. B is for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I know last week I, well, I know last time I said it was going to be B-movie, but uh... Fuck it. Yeah, let's be real. I don't want to fucking watch Jerry Seinfeld be a CG B for an hour and a half. I mean, honestly, on the other side of watching this film, it might be a toss-up, having never watched a B-movie before, which one that I would rather see, but I probably, honestly, would probably rather see Buffy. Ooh, that's, that's uh... It's pretty harsh, I know, right off the bat, probably. <laughs> Oh, man, Buffy. Buffy, Buffy, Buffy. Alright, start with your info. I didn't really write down any info. It's from 1992, five years before they made it into a TV show. I was one. You were one. I was one year old. Yes, you were one year old. <laughs> so, I'm going to assume you didn't see it in cinema. <laughs> Funnily enough, I don't even think my parents were fans of Buffy or anything like that, so... Oh, okay. 1992's Buffy the Vampire Slayer, written by Joss Whedon, but apparently so badly rewritten that he uh, walked off set and never returned. It's, wow. Yeah, you, you, you watch this movie, you definitely cannot see any of the writing from the guy who also gave you Firefly. Kind of really glad. And they, the Avengers. Kind of really glad to find out, apparently, they didn't rewrite it really. So I was like, these are pretty shitty lines. Oh my god, no kidding. Like, think think of, like, every terrible 90s movie that you can, and the terrible lines that come from those movies. Look, I know it's a movie about 90s teens, but, like, I thought Joss Whedon was better at writing 90s teens than... Would you like to read a sampling of the dialogue I wrote down? Uh, do you want to pick one of these lines? Oh, how, just, just... I will read them, and then you can, uh, read them back in Valley oh Voice. I'll just edit okay. out my reading. Okay, lines from the movie. What's the sitch? Sounds toasty. That's so five minutes ago. What's your damage? You guys are thrashed. Which, like, apparently thrashed means drunk. Apparently. Also, yeah, apparently there's, like, a bunch of fucking 15-year-olds just casually getting drunk in this movie. Yeah, how old were those boys meant to be? Oh, no, wait, they're seniors. Let me think carefully. Yeah, except in America you have to be 21 to get drunk. Yeah, you do, you do. So they're still underage drinking, but if they're seniors, that makes them, like, 17, 18, I guess? Those, those guys? I mean, that's year 12. That's year 12 in Australia. The senior year is obviously year, year 12. Look, Luke Perry and his other drunk friend never actually went to school, though. That we saw. No, no, they didn't. They snuck into the movie theater, and they all of them were loud, and they made bitchy comments about each other, which... Uh, <laughs> Alright, we're jumping way ahead. We're not jumping that far. Okay. There's not that much this movie to really jump around in. We're starting middle... No, Europe, the Dark Ages... Oh, Christ, yeah. Okay, I, okay, that was an okay setup for a gag, only because it led to the scene transition of Southern California, the Light Ages. Spelled? L-I-T-E. Yep. You know, like this cream, white milk. Light soda. I guess. I guess. We call it diet soda here. Oh, whatever. Oh, I don't know. Oh, it's just the voiceovers like, vampires exist. Yep. Some chicks in some Renfair outfits. Did you see a fight vampire at the start? Uh, then it cuts to the modern age, and we're introduced to Buffy and her friends, and Buffy is the worst, and all her friends are the worst. Yeah. They're typical, like, you know, dumb fucking t California Valley Girl teenagers. It, it reminded me a lot of watching Tran Terminator for the first time, having grown up watching Terminator 2, where in Terminator 2, Sarah Connor is this amazing badass, takes control, has all this scary military weapons knowledge, 
Then you go back and watch the first one, and she's just this, like, woman who doesn't know anything and runs around being rescued by Kyle. I came back in the future to have sex with you and give birth to my friend. Okay, I haven't seen Terminator, so that's news to You me. don't need to see Terminator. Okay. There's one good bit in Terminator, and it's when Arnold Schwarzenegger's curly hair gets burnt into a crew cut. Awesome! <laughs> it is Does it get burnt into an even cuter dude? Yes, it is exactly like Futurama. <laughs> His hair gets burnt into an even cuter dude. I see. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so glad Joel Sweden I just didn't write these characters. They're awful. Look, I know they were going for the whole let's contrast what she's like to start with before she becomes the chosen one, but... They made her completely and utterly unlikable. But Peter Parker was likable before he became Spider-Man. Like, he was a nerd. Neo wasn't was likable, but he wasn't unlikable before he became Neo. I thought you said Neil, and I was like, who the hell is Neil? Yeah, Neil. From the Matrix. <laughs> Neil, that guy, you know, who who's in the background of that one scene and probably got turned into a... What, what, what was the guy called? Mr. Smith? Agent Smith. Agent Smith, there you go. Uh, they're, they're Dumb Valley chicks. I guess some murders are going on in town. They seem utterly unfussed about it. No one in the movie's really at all fussed about these murders. No, no. Eventually, fake Giles comes in. Marek. Who literally never takes off his coat, his giant great coat and his hat. His hat, which is worn at a jaunty angle, and his scarf. Also, he reminds me an awful lot of Tim Curry. But, like, the same way that, like, that one dude from Lost looks like... Nathan Fillion's, like, weird mutant hat hillbilly oh, hat Oh, you talking about Ethan? Ethan, yes. He does, okay. He does look like a mutant. So, so the same, the same way that Ethan looks like a weird mutant hillbilly half-cousin of Nathan Fillion, this guy reminds me in that same kind of sense uh, as Tim Curry. Stonald Sutherland. I don't know. He's in some old movies I haven't seen. He's in The Dirty Dozen. And apparently he's in The Hunger Games. I didn't see them. I didn't look up who he was. I think he's that old dude that's in charge. He is an old dude. <laughs> he's an old dude, totally enough. I don't think he's going around playing, like, you know, the 20-year-old somethings who run around shirtless. Look, all I know about that movie is at one point a guy fights a bunch of baboons with a trident. Oh, and I guess there's a cat. Which Hunger Games did you see? I didn't see any of them. Apparently it happens in the second one. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Marek shows up and he's like, yo, the chosen one. Except he's not like the chosen one. He's all like, oh, I've been looking for you. I've been searching my whole life for you, yeah. Buffy. Oh my god. You're special. There's so much ridiculous, like, I don't even know if sexual tension is the right word, but, like, sexual context I couldn't around tell Buffy? if it was meant to be happening or not, because she weirdly doesn't react to it for a long time until right at the end, when she's all, uh, when she's all, uh, you want me to go to the cemetery with you? She, he convinces her to go, somehow. Quoting her dreams. Oh, yeah. He's all like, have you ever dreamed that you are someone else in the past? Well, oh, she, so she goes to the graveyard with him because he's like, oh, well, it's easier to show you than tell you. And then they just stand in front of a grave and then a vampire pops out of the grave. On some really fantastic wire work, I am raising a sign that says sarcasm. It's pretty amazing. Because the vampire's hands kind of claw out of the dirt of the grave. And they're like, hands waving as like the undead do. But he just erupts vertically upwards, but standing. Almost doing a superhero pose. Which means he would have had to been standing in the coffin. And then he just kind of floats back to the ground, because he's clearly on wires. Yep. There's a fight. Shrug. Marek has a fight. Another vampire comes up. Attacks Buffy. She stabs it with yep. a stake, because 
that's what you do. Macaroni steaks. I will say, at least she doesn't go like, what's happening? This isn't possible. She seems pretty quick on, oh, a vampire, I better oh. stab it in the chest. At least there's, no, what is it called, rejection of the call or something? Oh no, she does that later. I don't even remember. That says a lot about this movie. Yeah, later on, she's all like, I don't want to fight vampires, I want to go to the dance. Yeah. Then there's a training montage. So weird. There's lots of flying kicks he's... and lots of obvious scenes where, you know, the stunt coordinator oh, showed her how no, to No, that do doesn't a happen. First she goes back to, like, home and school and her life, and then Marek turns up to the gym, so like, you gotta fight vampires or something, and she gets mad and then punches him in the face. She's like, wow, I punched really good. I didn't, I didn't even, even break, break a nail. nail. And then I guess she just decides to become a vampire hunter because she punched one good without practicing. She didn't even punch a vampire. She punched Merrick. She stabbed a vampire, though. Yeah. the fucking chest. Uh, then it cuts to what seems to be an empty mansion. I don't know if it's hers or Merrick's. And it's just her beating up, punching bags, doing lots of backflips. Look, those backflips do come back. She does do a lot of pointless backflips later, so at least they set that up. Mm. But she's having a training montage, but she isn't being trained by Marek. She just seems to be training herself how to fight. Mm. I mean, he's in a couple scenes. There's that one really close-up scene of their feet, where he very obviously does a little hop in the air and then falls down when he gets before he gets knocked over. Why do I get the feeling like they couldn't afford stunt doubles? Yeah, I don't think they could, which would explain why all the stunts happen so slowly. Buffy's doing these forward rolls. They're like the forward rolls you would learn in day one of karate. Yeah, like they're really, really slow. And then vampires... Oh, at some point during this, we meet... I've read Head Vampire, but it turned out he was the Lieutenant Vampire, I guess. Some of an L, isn't it? No, it's an A? It's an A. Some of an A. Look, point is, I cracked up every time that guy appeared on set. (laughs) Every time he shows up in shot. Because he has the feathered blonde hair, the dark black goatee, bright red lipstick... The eyeliner. Powdered face. Powdered face. This like red kind of flared shirt and then the leather jacket over it and these really awful plastic fangs. The kind of fangs you would get in a shitty Halloween costume at the discount store. Yeah, the uh, the vampire prosthetics were not that great. I believe in the uh, feature of the film that came with the DVD, the little feature that we watched, Cast member Luke Perry described him as a jester with fangs. That was such a forced, polite way of putting it. He was the comic relief vampire. Ugh, God. We'll get to his, like, most ridiculous part in the whole movie later. I do like... He do like his noises. Okay, to be fair, he is funny. But he's funny in a way where it's like, okay, this is funny, but what the hell okay, are you doing? And it doesn't fit in the movie funny because he's a vampire who just keeps going... Rrr, rrr. Blah. Like he's he's one step away from just going running around going bleh. Just weird because the head vampire is dressed like he should be. Yeah, he looks like a legit fucking like he walked off the set of Dracula. The head vampire who is either called Lobo or Loco. Some Locus. Shit, I don't know. He's straight up cravat, Dracula medallion, spats, sleeps in a coffin, spats, has a really terrible this blonde thin mustache, looks like very and a weirdly Oof. modern violin. It's like a violin. It's got big holes in it. It doesn't have the top and the bottom? It's just got big holes in it. It's like two circles that are like glued together to make a violin. I guess it must have some sort of plastic coating, otherwise... Because it would need some top and bottom to make noise, right? Violin? The acoustics, yeah, you'd think. I mean, unless they recorded the violin and dubbed it over later, obviously. Oh, well, speaking of the featurette, 
a woman specifically points out that this she does not like to think of this as a vampire film, but she likes that they got to create their own vampires and decide if these vampires gonna have fangs, what rules? They're vampire vampires. They get killed by snakes through the heart. You only see them at night. You got to invite them to come inside. They don't have reflections in the mirror. They created the vampires that are in every vampire thing. Which I do appreciate. I do appreciate films where vampires can't go inside unless you invite them. Like those dumb, arbitrary, like supernatural rules where it's like, they do, why do these exist? No, don't question it. Just roll with it. I like the one where they have to count rice to throw it at them. Oh yeah, isn't that a Pratchett thing too? Yeah, he uses it because it's a real vampire thing. <laughs> like if you throw a handful of rice at vampires, they have to stop and count it because they have crazy OCD, I guess. Something like that, yeah. Oh. Uh, what are we even up to? I don't know, but my notes mention that Buffy puts on a ribbon to sleep. She ties a ribbon around her hair. Like, puts it in a little bow. Red ribbon. I think it's got something to do with her past lives, because doesn't it come back later? Well, she's wearing a ribbon at the prom at the end. Do people in the past wear ribbons in their hair? Oh, no. <laughs> yes, obviously, but for the context of this, I don't know. Oh, Head Vampire also has a big cape. Which sticks. Very clearly has sticks in it. Sticks. Sticks like it's the Tim Burton 89 Batman film. Like those sticks that you hold out sideways so you can have a flared out cape. It's very obviously sticks as he slowly descends from the ceiling on wires. Okay, the big empty mansion they live in. Mark never takes off his hat of scarf. Oh, a scene where I guess the principal pulls her into school. Because, what, she's jogging and doing exercise a lot? Yeah. Being weird? He's like, starts talking about how it must be drugs. And how he did all this acid at a Doobie Brothers concert in the 60s. Which I'm sure you're not supposed to just tell your students. No, but this guy's obviously trying to. But during the scene, she uh, puts a thumbtack in her mouth and spits it out of the fly. Like she's Colin Farrell Daredevil. It's not Colin Farrell Bullseye in that Daredevil movie. Mm. It's not like she does spitting later. Nope. Oh, speaking of things that don't come back later. She keeps having cramps. Which Marek explains to her is... Her is the Slayer reacting to the unholiness, it's a, it's the unnaturalness of the vampires. It's a warning system, Harry. She has Grey Warden Darkspawn sense for vampires that in the form of cramps as menstrual cramps. She has vampire. She basically has spider senses for vampires in the form of period cramps. Does not come up later. She doesn't use it to like. Oh, this guy's a vampire. I'm getting the cramps. <laughs> Vampire's sneaking up on me. I got the cramps. Oh, I almost wish that that had actually stayed in, like, the the actual show. Because that would be such a fucking random thing. Again, watching it, I was like, man. Just me, not quite the, you know, pro-women feminist he was later, right? All these crampy period powers. Guessing he didn't write that one. I'm hoping so. Guessing by the fact that it's never... Wait, does it come up on the show? I don't remember. To be honest, it's been like four or five years since I watched Buffy. I only ever watched the first season, a couple episodes of the second one, and the musical episode. Also, I did kind of binge watch it, so everything's kind of blended together for me. Even though I'm 28, I did not watch Buffy growing up. On Killing killing Her First Vampire? Well, no, her first vampire since she started training. Buffy's comment is that she toaster cake tim what does that even mean what the hell is a toaster cake is it a is it a pop tart (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) you can't make cake in a toaster (laughs) a crumpet i don't know 
I guess Pop Tart because Pop Tarts have frosting. Yeah, cake still. A crumpet's like a really. I'm gonna say it's not like a sponge cake at all. No. It's just kind it's just of bread. bready cylinder. <laughs> I like how the vampires don't have those weird gross faces they have in the TV show. But that's a thing. Yeah, but why is it a thing? Because it's well, like that white, but like that one lady said, it's like their way of making their vampires a bit unique. Yeah, I guess. Also, I think it's supposed well, to be. Wait, like, are they meant to look batty? No, they got those flat noses I, in the I show. I don't. I don't remember exactly what the reasoning was in the show, but I feel like it's got something to do with like in in the Buffy show. I think they're supposed to turn ugly because when they get like all vampiristic, it's supposed to be like they're ugly, like you know. De- demonic side that's coming through oh. and they're becoming less human or something like that when they get all like vampire and like drink blood and shit like how the emperor in star wars is all gross and ugly because he's evil i guess i don't remember honestly i remember plenty about star wars i just don't remember the reasoning behind them being ugly and buffy actually it turned out in the movie the emperor was ugly because he shot himself in the face with lightning <laughs> because because Every... he, because he shot some lightning at Mace Windu and shrieked about ultimate power. Because literally everyone who ever worked on a Star Wars thing after those movies was like, oh, I guess when you use the dark side, you get all evil looking because your soul's corrupt. That's a clever visual thing George Lucas did. Nope. He's all ugly because he lightninged himself. Also because I think they still wanted the evil people to be hot so that they can sell merchandise. Oh, right. Yeah, I was like, what? You talking about the Emperor being hot? No, my god! It's like, no, you're talking about all those fucking evil Sith Twi'leks you see in those comics. Mm-hmm. Like, black and red tattoos running around in their, like, midriff tops. Yeah, something like that. Uh, my next note mentions that Buffy is not fond of bras. No, she's not. Oh, my god. Sure, there's a lot of, like... A lot of nipple. Yep. You there's think... a lot of nipple! Yeah, no, she's a cheerleader. You'd think she'd want to wear, like, a good sports bra. Oh, yeah, you'd think that she'd be all over that sports bra, but apparently not. Oh, oh, the strategy for the basketball oh, game. Oh, my God, okay, yeah. Basketball strategy, okay. I guess the coach at the basketball game, he's holding up a sign, which is a pictograph. It's pictures of the the Illuminati, all-seeing eye, the, the triangle of the eye, surrounded by rays, plus a, a ma- an interlinked male and female symbol, divided by infinity equals win. Yep. Which he points at. And explains as, if we all work together, it'll all work out. Yep. Which A is a terrible strategy, that's not a strategy. And B is not, what, the all-seeing eye plus <laughs> interlinked male and female divided by infinity equals win. <laughs> there aren't women on the basketball team, for one. Yeah. Let's skip to the prom. Now hang on, no, a vampire shows up at the basketball game. No. Who has pointy ears and fangs. And everyone's like, oh, that guy's not obeying the zone rules of basketball. Also, the Xander equivalent is some wanker named Pike. Oh, yeah, yeah, And he's got a fucking soul patch. It's Luke Perry. And he's a mechanic, and he drinks out of a flask that he carries around all the time, and he's apparently supposed to be totes cool, but, like, oh my fucking god. I would punch that guy if I ever met him in real life. He was introduced as drunk asshole at the bar. No, at the... Not a bar, because they're teens. One of those weird places they're always hanging out in American teen things, where teens hang out at these bars that aren't bars. I have no idea what they are. Where are these places? I don't know. They didn't exist when I lived in America. Like, at most, something like that reminds me of, like, a skating rink, where they'd have, like, those little cafes and shit. Or, like, you know, at an arcade. 
arcades would sometimes have, like, you know, the floor with, like, the games and stuff, and then, like, farther in, there'd be, like, you know, a section with, like, tables and shit, buy, like, pizza and, like, cola and shit like that, but, like, no, I, I never lived anywhere in America that had anything like what's in this movie or in, like, the multitude of other things that existed in the 90s shows and how did, movies. How did Pike show up again? Because he's at he the was, start. He was the fucker at the movie theater. No, like, he, yeah, and then after that, him and his drunk friend go out, and his drunk friend gets bit by a vampire. And oh my god, they're and, so gay. And Pike's at home in bed, and then his vampire friend's at the window like, Whoa! Invite me in! I'm hungry! I'm a crazy vampire! Also, they're so gay. They are kind can, of gay. Can we agree on that? They're so gay. Well, I mean, there was that one scene where he's all like, If I had a beer, I'd have sex with you! And then, like, Pike kind of falls on the ground and, like, laughs awkwardly, and I was like, I'm legitimately expecting the friends to just, like, fall on top of him, and they're just gonna look longingly into oh. each other's eyes and then kiss. No, I remember! <laughs> Because his vampire friend shouldn't freaked him out. Pike's like, well, I'm getting out of town. So he gets into the Scooby-Doo mystery machine. <laughs> They're driving away. But then the lieutenant vampire is just standing in the road. And two vampires show up behind him. So he just puts the van in reverse and runs over vampires. And, like, runs over the head vampire. The lieutenant vampire. So then he just jumps on the top of the car. And then they have a pretty slow car ride through the woods. Uh-huh. Avoiding trees. While the lieutenant vampire holds on the roof going, rah, rah, rah. and at some point his arm gets knocked off on a tree. He doesn't hit the tree that hard. His arm just falls off. And then, I don't know, he throws, oh, he crashes into a, he crashes the van into a tree. Then the lieutenant vampire is going to get him and Buffy shows up. Hey, those are vampires. Yeah, they are vampires. Oh, okay. And they just start kind of hanging out. Yeah, basically. To be fair, I don't remember how Buffy and Xander meet. In the- well, they go to school together. Yeah, yeah, they go to school together, and, like, Xander's, like, hitting on Buffy for a while, and then they just kind of start hanging out. But to be fair, I also don't remember how Xander gets introduced to the whole vampire thing, either. Um, yeah, after the basketball... Oh, she ch- at the va- basketball game, she chases the obvious vampire outside, and then, like, what have they got to be? 30, 40, 50-year-old bikers? Yep. Hit on, uh, make sexual... Real power between your legs. Like they hit on what's gonna be a sixteen year old high school girl. That's creepy bikers. They are bikers. Why am I saying bikers? Bikies. <laughs> Whatever. Bikies. Because it's American. <laughs> American. And then I guess my ass. for some reason she chases him to the parade float storage area. Which at least makes an interesting visual. Yeah. I guess you gotta store your parade float somewhere. Then, uh, you know, Lieutenant Vampire and Head Vampire are there. Then, I don't know. Uh, Fake Giles dies. Yeah, Marek shows up, and Head Vampire starts hypnotizing Buffy, and then Marek, who's all like, Oh, I can't fight vampires. I can only train women to fight vampires. Also, I guess I'm immortal or keep getting reincarnated as the same person or something. So, like, oh, no, you're hypnotizing Buffy. Let me slowly walk towards you and slowly lift this stake up. Oh no, you're turning it around and slowly pushing it back into my chest. Oh, I'm dead. Yeah, pretty much. It was very anticlimactic. And the head vampire just kind of leaves. Yep. He could really easily kill Buffy in this scene. Yep. He just leaves. Yep. And then I think Marek gives some sort of weird dumb prophecy about music. Yeah. I wasn't listening. I think I was. you were talking about Jolly Splash on your phone. <laughs> I was playing Candy Crush the whole time, honestly. <laughs> uh, not plot relevant, but I'd like to note Luke Perry for this whole scene. He's wearing a shirt and this hoodie vest thing that makes it look like he's dressed like a medieval peasant. 
Okay. I just think it's funny. Also, we haven't... Have we mentioned he has a soul patch? I did. Uh, if you ever get a soul patch, I will shave it off your face in your sleep. Technically, I have a soul patch. It's it connected just, to the rest of your beard. It's just connected to the rest of a beard. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Marek died like a punk. Yep. Like a fucking punk. <laughs> he really did. I guess Buffy hangs out with her vapid friend some more, except now she's all like, oh, she got she's sad because her friend died. Except she explains it as, lately I've been hanging out with this guy, but he's 50. Haven't you noticed how weird stuff happens? I don't care about this dance! To be fair, she does start acting more like the Buffy that we know and love from the show. Very fucking slowly. Oh, we didn't mention Buffy's parents. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I guess in the movie she's super rich. Her parents super rich. Her parents show up in... Oh, there's one scene where they're leaving, I think, and I get her boyfriend's name wrong. Oh, Buffy has a, ba- a boyfriend the whole time. He, he barely shows up. The one scene with the parents is Buffy comes home late from fighting vampires, and her mother's like, do you know what time it is? And Buffy's like, 10 o'clock? And the mom's like, oh, okay, my watch is stopped. You spend a fortune on a thing. I, th- I thought that was a good gag, actually. Well, it certainly drills home how much her parents don't care about her. Did you notice that the mom got credited first? Nope. When the credits came up, it came up as such and such as Buffy's mom. Then all the other cast members came up. Mm. I don't know who she was, but apparently she was important enough to get credited before Buffy. Mm. Oh, okay. So they go to the prom, or the senior dance, or the year 11 semi-formal. It's the senior's dance. It's the senior's dance, whatever What is. is that? Like the formal? Semi-formal? I honestly, like, there's a couple of different dances. Like, there's homecoming, there's prom, there, like... A a senior dance could very easily just be arranged. It's well, probably not any one thing in particular. Apparently there's a lot of fucking dances in American high school. Yeah, usually. We get two in Australia. Yeah, Australia sucks. Well, and I didn't go to my semi-formal, because why the fuck would I? Yeah, Australia sucks. This is well established. Let's move on. Hey, at least we have free healthcare. Oh, whatever. Uh, further quotes. It was Mondo Bizarre. Get out of my facial. Yeah. Alright, so it's time for the school dance. Um, Buffy goes through a little bit of the rejecting the calling thing. Oh, yeah, she's all like, I don't want to fight vampires! I want to go to the dance! My mentor guy died. Yeah, whatever. Pike is all, no, you have to keep fighting them! You're just like all the other girls! It's like, ah, shove it up your ass. Okay. I have a question about filmmaking, which I only know about because it came up in Red Dwarf in one of the commentaries you mentioned it. Whenever they would have dance scenes, like discos in that show, there was no music on set. So they would just get the ge- extras to generically dance, and then later they would overlay music, which is why dancing is always terrible in Red Wolf. Because everyone's just like dancing to no music. Does that does that happen in major films? Do they actually have music for the extras to dance to, or dance extras just like generically twist my body around? Um, I couldn't tell you. All that I probably could tell you is from my limited experience. With film in particular, um, the priority would definitely go towards recording the lines of the actors. At most, they could super, super, super quietly play something for everyone to kind of, like, bob to, like, behind the set or something. Okay, so they probably are dancing to nothing. Maybe. Like I said, like, filmmaking isn't my forte. That's just my best guess. I think that's also why animated dancing is so bad, usually. Um, Because it's being animated. Because you have to do it, like... One twenty every twenty four seconds. Also, it's usually only like three frames. Yeah, I'm particularly thinking of the intro to Batman Beyond. I'm thinking of uh Jack Samurai Jack. 
all the raves. Yeah. Yeah, they sure like their raves in Samurai Jack. Hey, they're cool. They like them in Batman Beyond, too. Yeah, they do. Oh, uh, Starburns, is it, he's DJing the dance. <laughs> yeah, apparently. 90 Starburns. He doesn't have the actual Starburns, but he's got the long curly hair on the top hat. Yep, and the vest. And fucking looks like he's 40. And the vest. Yeah, and the vest. He's DJing the Like, dance. he all but didn't have the actual Starburns and a lizard. Oh, this leads to my favorite part, what was my favorite part of the experience. Bobby gets to the dance, and her boyfriend, who I kept forgetting she had, is there. And he's like, oh, I'm here with this chick now. It's not working out. I broke up with you by leaving a message on your answering machine. And Buffy stands around looking sad. And you start off like, oh, Pike's gonna show up at the dance and he'll have changed. I hate these movies where the message is you have to change to get accepted. And, and Luke Perry kicks the fucking door in and he's wearing a leather jacket and his hair greased back like he's in fucking Greece. That changed your tune pretty fucking quick. <laughs> Hey, hey, what can they say? <laughs> oh, we did skip over the pre-dance important scene of Buffy, I guess, getting ready in her dress and stuff. No, she's getting her dress on. He's sharpening what seems to be a giant toothbrush into a steak. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Like, it looked like a broom, except the handle was coming out sideways like a toothbrush. Mm-hmm. Then it cuts back to her putting on makeup or something. Then it cuts back to him shaving. And he's using a cutthroat razor, because of fucking course he is, because he's a tough guy, he's a tough rebel boy! Oh, he shaves off his soul patch. He shaves off his sideburns, and then he like looks at the mirror dramatically, and then he shaves off his side soul patch. And then he kind of looks at himself, and he nods like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good move. <laughs> Should have done this years ago! Oh, fuck, did I have this soul patch? Because <laughs> it's the fucking 90s! So the dance happens for like, a couple minutes. Then the vampires show up. Yeah, they show up. I was ready to complain about, like, how come the vampires can come into this dance without being invited? But then they do actually specifically mention that, oh, someone invited them. Because they're seniors! Yeah. Vampires All the vampires are goths. Well, that's what happens when you get bit by a vampire. You turn into a goth. Yeah. (laughs) They're all dressed amazingly. Particularly the one on the end who was wearing a black leather jacket with no shirt. Yep. But he had the black leather jacket, like, buttoned up. He's also wearing a choker. No shirt! What a wanker. Of course. They seem like they're going to attack, except then they all run outside. Then later some of them are inside. Anyway, Buffy goes the into like, the fucking boiler room, and the vampires... Lieutenant Wanker is no, there. No, you're skipping ahead. You're skipping too I much. I want to skip ahead. No, you always do this. <laughs> First of all, the vampires show up by just smashing through the windows. They're not completely just smashing their arms and faces through the windows. being like, ah! Bleh. Bleh. <laughs> then I guess they kind of run inside chasing people around. Buffy cart- backflip cartwheels across the gym floor, then runs off, chasing all the vampires. Why is she back? Well, she backflips because it's cool, I guess. Mm. People always do this in films. It doesn't add anything. Nope. It's meant to look cool, except it actually just looks Oh, it's just like really the gymnastics good. in Jurassic Park. It's just there because it's fucking there. Oh, you mean the Lost World? Whatever. You actually gymnastic kicks that Velociraptor in the face. Uh, can we not talk about gymnastics? Uh, so the vamp- she chases the vampires outside, a bunch of vampires inside going nuts. One vampire that's gonna kill Starburns, but then he doesn't because he stops the dance. And then later he starts DJing. I like that one vampire. Uh, she has her confrontation with uh, the lieutenant in yeah, the boiler room? I don't know, it's like just some random storage. They're room. like fighting, she's about to sh- stab him. And then I like, guess van- violin music starts and they turn over to look and the head vampire is showing up with his fucking violin! Mm-hmm. Brought his violin to the finale. Mm-hmm. Just like sitting there playing his violin. Like, it looks at Lieutenant, look, Lieutenant looks at him like, okay. And then Buffy stabs him. 
in the chest. The single best part of the whole film. <sighs> this he he's been he's like the Darth Vader of this film, I guess. Like he's the main minion. His death scene is to grab the stake. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> turn and turn and look at Buffy. Oh, oh, oh. He's a French. Oh. <laughs> oh. Kind of fall on the ground. Kick his legs a bit. Be like, oh. Eh. 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 Like kicking the kicking the wall. And and everything. Flop, yeah. flop over on the ground. Flop. Yeah. It was I, so out of place. Uh, IMBD trivia tells me that this scene was entirely improvised. No <laughs> shit, <laughs> Sherlock. <laughs> Oh, it's hilarious, but it does not fit the rest of the tone of the movie at all. God, no, it's it's funny just because it's so out of place. Then, um, I guess she didn't even fight the head vampire. He just kind of starts hypnotizing her, I guess. He's going to bite her. We cut back to Pike. He's fighting his friend who showed up. They're still really gay. <laughs> Unscrews his hip flask. Like, sprays the liquid in his face, and he's all like, ah, like he got burnt, which I guess means it was holy water. I don't what? know where he went and got this, like, where he found a priest at that time of night to consecrate that water. But then, uh, from memory, he throws the vampire into the open circuit board, which is there. Shorts out the music. Buffy's all like, oh, it's silent. Something about music and silent. She was talking about that prophecy we weren't paying attention to earlier because we are too busy looking at Jelly Splash Candy Crush. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I beat that level. And she's all like, oh, shit, right, I gotta fight the head vampire. Holds you out across. And he's all like, oh, fuck your cross, and grabs it, and it bursts into... You, you think you're going to beat me with his cross, grabs it, and bursts into flames, which I think might be from an earlier, maybe that Bram Stoker Dracula film. And she says, no, yeah. with my keen fashion sense. Pulls out a hairspray, sprays it through the cross into his face. Because, you know, it's on fire. Hilarious. Slightly ruined by how awful the him on fire effect is. Mm-hmm. They clearly filmed some fire in front of a blue screen and superimposed on his face. Anyway, Buffy, like, bails or something and goes runs back away, to the Runs away, runs back to the gym. Yeah. Uh, oh, he shows up with a cape on, a full cape, and a katana! He has a fucking katana. Because it's the 90s. He has, like, a $20 eBay katana. Because it's 1992, and katanas are cool. He pulls out a katana. She grabs a flag that's sitting around. It has a wooden flag stick pole. It's not big enough to be a pole. Like, a broom handle. She, They start fighting. She's blocking the katana. What kind of piece of shit katana can't cut through a fucking broom handle? Uh, like I said, a $30 eBay sword. He they, he clearly got that from one of those. I like to think that this vampire legitimately bought that sword off eBay because he thinks the katana swords are cool. Oh, I wouldn't even think eBay. Well, it's 1992, so it wasn't eBay. Oh, whatever. The I would assume was. he got it from, you know those little market stalls? You see, you see oh, them set up in shopping Asian centers a lot? Market. Yeah, they've all, always got like some really shitty looking katanas, like a food dog, a Buddha, and some incense. And those little cats with the moving paws. Yeah. Cheap shit to sell to people who are into, like, Asian Not culture. Stuff, yeah. yeah. I think they she, fight. I think she pulls out a chair to defend. Much. I think I think the sword fucking destroys the chair, and she's holding the, you know, chair leg, and she stabs it in his chest, and he's like, Oh, hey, piss me off. Then she does a pointless spin kick to drive the stake in further, and he's like, Oops. Drops down dead. Yeah. Then everyone runs away, and Buffy and Pike have a slow dance. Yeah, yeah. He hears some sirens. What is amazing about all of this, these vampires don't turn into ash or disintegrate or anything when you stake them. They just fall down dead. Yep. Which means the whole gym's full of corpses. 
and we know it's full of corpses because the principal was walking around dropping Giving detention all the vampires slips. The tension, yeah. Dead teens. Like even if he doesn't realize that they're, you know, vampires. They've got fucking pieces of wood sticking out of their chests. They're dead. He's dropping detention slips on them. Yep. The point is, the, parent, the police, the ambulance, they're going to show up. There's going to be all these dead teens lying around. They're going to get taken away, presumably autopsied. You know, the autopsy staff are going to be like, whoa. Vampires! Wait, would you be able to tell a vampire was a vampire? Well, for one, they'd have sharp teeth. Wait a minute. Do vampires have... Do they bleed? Do they pump? Presumably they're dead, so the hearts aren't pumping. So presumably, I don't know. Like, I don't even remember like what how they addressed it, like in the actual show or not. But if in general they're the undead, generally that means your heart's not beating. All the blood would congeal in their feet because gravity would just pull all the blood down, and that's you know why they're so pale. And they mm. are pale in the film because they've got all that fucking powder plastered on their faces. Well, I I mean if it, if if the body had actually been preserved, like, you know, put through the whole funeral business before it actually got resurrected, then presumably they'd have that, what is it, hemoglobin? That glucose or whatever it is? That clear shit? Oh, they replaced the blood with? Yeah. I don't know. Look, the point is, there's a whole bunch of fucking vampire corpses lying around. Why does the whole world not know vampires exist now? Well, also because the autopsy would clearly show that they would have been dead a long time before the time of death that they were given for the scene of the crime. Presumably. Yeah, at the very least, it would show that they all have fucking massive incisors, right? Massive mm. incisors. Yeah. Massive incisors made of plastic. Yep. Terrible ears, too. Uh, and then it's the end of the movie. Yeah, they plenty ears. The end of the movie. The end of the movie. And at the very, oh, very oh, end of the movie, you're cuts to the credits. Yeah. This is like your, you know, your modern Marvel movie mid-credit sequence. It cuts back to the lieutenant vampire who's backstanding up on... Ugh. Doing that terrible uh, death scene again. Uh, uh, then he falls down dead again. Yep. So hilarious they had to put it in twice. Apparently. To be fair, it was fucking hilarious. We were around and watched it like three times. Yeah. And then five years later, they made it into a very popular TV show. Thank God. I, someone, I don't know what miracle worker executive was working, who the fuck looked at that film and was like, yeah, we should make this into a TV show. This Did was a great film. Was it, the, was it the decision of some executive, or was it Joss Whedon going, this is shit, and made something better? I, From what I skimmed <laughs> of the Wikipedia article, because that's the research I did, it looks like, you know, someone at Fox approached him about doing it. Probably someone who was, like, enough of a dipshit to be like, oh, I really like this, and then when they approached Joss Whedon, he was like, okay, fuck no, I'm rewriting the whole goddamn thing. I look, somebody saw some potential in it. Eh, well, you know. Definitely worked out for him in the end. Potential is solid. Like, you cool teens fight the vampire, female lead, genre turning, divining, mix of action, comedy, and horror. Well, you know, when it was actually turned into a show, like, it had a little bit of everything. Like, it had a solid, like, lesbian relationship. It addressed, like, you know, like, depression and everything. Like, when, you know, when Buffy came back from the dead and stuff. This movie didn't. This movie had during the credits. Uh, I guess during all the fight scene, Buffy's ex-boyfriend ran off of her new girl to, like, have sex in a car. Not even, like, a car with a roof. And he's all, in the credits, there's all these shots of them on, you know, people being interviewed on TV, and he's all like, Ugh, I guess they were, like, gang or something. It was weird. And then she's all, like, bursting into tears, like, I can't believe I let you do that to me, and, like, runs off crying. Oof. Like, that was played for laughs. That, that was the second last thing that happened in the film. That was very Again, that was one of those, like, did Joss Whedon really write this? Mm. Oh, I guess not. Probably not. Let, let's hope. Oh, highlight of the film, Queen. 
death scene. That <laughs> yeah. fucking death scene. That terrible vampire who was a... He was so out of place. He was a jester with fangs. Like, he was so out of place, but at the same time, he was like a breath of fresh air, despite how terrible he was. Low point of the film. The katana. <laughs> oh, I thought the katana was great. I groaned. I you laughed. You were sitting right there. I groaned. I laughed pretty hard. I groaned and immediately went back to Candy Crush. Oh, I can't even pick a specific low point. I mean, the fights weren't great. Hmm. Every character that's not Buffy is pretty terrible. And even she starts terrible. She gets okay. Mm. Uh, it's set in 1992, so all the costumes are terrible. Mm-hmm. A lot of denim jackets. Mm-hmm. A lot of kind of frigid, curly, blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me quite a while at the start to be able to figure out which one of those teens was Buffy. So all just blonde teens. I mean, it's not garbage like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter was. At least it's one movie. Yeah, there aren't huge total shifts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when that vampire dies. <laughs> to be fair, it's one character and not like the whole movie. Yeah, it didn't even occur to me until after I was reading the comments on Wikipedia that that film was meant to be a comedy. Apparently, it was comedy. I mean, I guess looking back, I guess that's what you'd say it was. That's what they're trying to do. There were two solid lines that were funny that were meant to be funny. I don't remember how we finished this last time. Oh, we had more opinions about the film for one. This was... It was... It's just, you know, it's another average 90s movie. Like, I wouldn't watch it again, but it's kind of, like, almost the same as, like, every other movie. Honestly, I found it less enjoyable. I found it less enjoyable than Lost Boys, and Lost Boys wasn't that great. Lost Boys was awful. Look, The Lost Boys isn't very good, but it has the second best ending to a film. The best ending to a film is Death Proof. Oh, yes. <laughs> I agree. I agree uh, wholeheartedly. Watch Death... Watch... See, Death Proof is a tricky film to recommend, because the first half, half is Half of it has nothing pointless. to do with... Yeah. The second half is amazing. It's all worth it for that ending. Like, if you're down with, like, watching stunt chicks talking shit... Xena's Xena's stunt chick. Yeah. Uh, one of the skaters in Whip It. Oh, uh, yeah. It's got... It's got, a. Uh... I patch mullet, man. Um. Oh god, what's his name? I can only think of Jupiter Ascending. There was no eye patch mullet man in Jupiter Ascending. Well, I don't know if he had a mullet, but he definitely had an eye patch. Oh, you mean that one bounty hunter who had that eyepiece thing? Yeah. Are you talking about Mooney from Harry Potter? No. <laughs> Jesus, no. I'm talking about the guy that Solid Snake is a ripoff of. Sorry, inspired by. <laughs> I have no idea who you're talking oh, about. Oh god, the character name was Snake Pliskin, Escape from LA, and Escape from New York. He played Colonel O'Neill in the Stargate movie. He was in big trouble in little... Ch- Kurt Russell! There you go. Got there in the end. Eventually. Mullet guy. Mullet guy. What the fuck are we talking about? Let's finish this. Why are we talking about this? No, let's finish this. Alright, next week's... It's not next week. These aren't weekly. No. Next time. C. The letter C. We'll see what it is. Ha! <laughs> gotta reach across and slap you. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Letter C. Look, 50-50 chance it's gonna be Commando or Class of 1984. Um, neither of those sound good. Oh, they both sound amazing, Karina. Mm. What's wrong with you? Everything. I hit you with this book. Slap you back.
It's all those sea puns. <laughs> Show out.